Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Mr. Ori Spado on the show. Make sure you watch this one and share this out across all your social media platforms. You're going to love this interview. I'll see you guys in a second. And we're back. Let me bring Ori on the show. Ori. Uh-oh. Ori. I think we're happy. There he is. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is this on my end? This is happening? I think so. It's all right. We're here. We're here. All right. We got you here. We got you here. So, so Ori. Um, and just so everybody knows, we may have a technical hiccup here or there. That's all right. We'll get through it. Um, so, so Ori, you know, I started this show. It's been um, over three years ago. And it was really to help people get unstuck in life. And I think we all go through those those ups and downs, those challenges in life and, and can't figure out how to get through it. And um your life's been a walk in the park, though, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, for, for me, it's been a walk in the park. I don't know. I think I'm... Uh-oh. Uh-oh, he's frozen. Ori, you're frozen. <laughs> it's amazing the things I've done in my life, uh and how I did them and so forth. And I'm still here to talk about. Hey, Ori, I think we so, have. But I, I've had. Can you hear me? Ori. Oh, we may have to, we may have to re. Oh. There you are. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to try, do you want to, whoops. And his internet just died. We're going to have to um, try, let me, hang on. Let me text him real fast. Try from your phone. <clears throat> I sent him a text message. Let's see if we can get him back on here. Um, we'll just do it through his phone and pray that that works okay. So um, stand by. Just have a little technical. He's out in Hollywood, and um, I think I think the the internet is not cooperating with him this morning. So give me just a second, and let's let's. Um, see what happens here i just texted him <clears throat> let's see if he he's gonna he's gonna jump on he just read it let's um 
Let's see. So how's everybody doing this morning? There he is. He's coming in from his phone. Coming in hot. There he is. Okay. There we are. Got it. Boy, that, that audio is even better on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, that's all right. We yeah. we that's see, that's what this show's about. You yeah, have you have this dude. I got two computers, the Hewlett Packard, which is my older one, which Steamyard comes in. I got yeah. a Dell, and for some reason, I can't get on Steamyard with it. So my well, son coming over here today to help me get on the new one. Well, tell him to to go get you an uh, an Apple computer. <laughs> That's what he says. That's what he uses. It's exact. I'm gonna have to do that. I'm telling you, it'll it'll change your life. Yeah, it changed mine. Yeah, I just had so many issues with the with the daggone um, Windows machines, you know. But yeah, you know, I might go out. What? How much they cost? Well, it depends. You know, I'm I'm looking at, at at replacing mine, and they have this thing called Mac Mini, where all you have to have is a monitor, and it's this tiny little box, and they work beautifully. And they're only like somewhere between seven and nine hundred dollars, depending yeah. on which one you get. Yeah, they're they're fantastic too. So, but anyway, so we're we're good now. We got you on your phone. If you get a phone call, if something happens where you get a phone call, it'll kick you off. You literally have to close the entire window and come back on, and and it's it's crazy. So hopefully nobody calls you. Boy, let's hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't call Ori right now, okay? So 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 Ori, um, let let's start out with you telling everybody where you were born and raised, and and. For the record, you're the very first person ever to smoke a cigarette on my on my show. I love it. Well, that's an honor then, coming from you, Ken. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, as everybody knows, I'm Ori Spado. I'm the author of the book, two-time best-selling, uh, The Accidental Gangster. Yeah. I was born in upstate New York in a city called Rome, New York, which is about in the center of the state. Uh, I had a mom, dad, two brothers, three sisters. Uh, I had a good childhood. My father didn't make a lot of money, but was able to provide. At the age of 18, I joined the United States Army. I served proudly for three years. It was an honor to serve my country. After uh, my completion of the U.S. Army, I returned back to Rome. And I uh, ended up in the insurance business with the Prudential Insurance Company. Mm. And for some reason, I was a natural born salesman. I was able to sell insurance. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I did a lot of good for people. And I was a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. And eventually I ended up opening my own insurance agency. Uh, I was a pioneer in the automobile after-sale market with uh, over 250 automobile dealers in the state of New York as my clients. Wow. Uh, 
I, in those days, I was doing over three and a half million dollars a year. Uh, that led to my first indictment and Syracuse Federal Court, of which I ended up getting five years uh, probation. What, selling insurance led to a, an indictment? Yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy thing. Should have never happened. I was on the verge. If uh, one guy was not so greedy, guy out of Syracuse, New York, the most he ever made in his life was thirty thousand, which was a lot back in those days. With sure. me, he was making a hundred grand a year, and I got him a new Lincoln every year. And. I was on the verge of bringing my company on a national basis. And Dino De Laurentiis, the famed film producer out here, was going to raise $12 million. I came out here. We went to downtown L.A. Motors. I was flying all around the country and doing a lot of things. But this that would I would have been a billionaire today. No question. Wow. Everybody working for me would have been multimillionaires. He got drunk one night with his girlfriend. Why does everything start with girlfriends? I don't know. Okay. All right. And with my accountant, the only people I had to deal with the insurance company, which they did when they had, uh, when they had a, a good salesperson like me. I mean, I, I was good. And I was doing millions of dollars for the insurance company. But they allow me to use the float of the premiums to build my business. So I was always one month behind in the premiums. And the only ones who knew about that was me, my brother, my accountant, and uh, uh, Dick Sikora, the president of the insurance company out of Battle Creek, Michigan. Generally tried to take over my agency, and he said if they didn't give it to him, he would blow the insurance company into the state of New York. However, they did not give it to him. They gave me the opportunity to try to come up with the money. 385000 was a lot of money back then. Yeah. And uh, we came close, but we didn't get it. I was able to T.O. the business to my guy, Roy Schneiderman in Buffalo, uh, who took it over. But I ended up with an indictment. It should have never happened, but it did. So what? 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 How did they? What was the indictment for then? I, I don't. Mail fraud. What was it? Mail fraud, if you can believe that. Holy moly! It took them six more months. The statute of limitations would have ran out. Wow! But by that time, I had met a lot of guys like Frank Costello, Meyer Lansky, Carlo Marcello. Russell Buffalino, I wow. met these guys, and Sonny Franchese. Wow. And somehow they tried to put an organized crime thing into it when it had nothing to do with organized crime. Wow. I mean, I wasn't even that active with those guys. They were just my friends. You yeah. follow? Yeah. And so I ended up five years probation. Wow. Yeah. And so you, and, and you're selling insurance. And that was insurance. Mail fraud. And wow. I'm going to tell you something. Me, when something like that happened, I go, how's this mail fraud? 
And I went to the library. I was living in San Francisco. I went to the law library there. I started looking up mail fraud. There was a case where a guy broke up with his girlfriend. And he said, look, I'm going to help you out for a while until you get on your feet. So he sent her a check every week for a couple hundred dollars. He did yeah. that for over a year and felt she's got to be on her feet by now. And he stopped. That ended up becoming a mail fraud case, believe it or not. So, you know, the laws in our country are so crazy that I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I ended up on a RICO charge with the Colombo crime family. I studied the RICO. I studied all these crime bills. And currently now I'm engaging with different organizations uh, trying to get Congress to change these bills, get away with them, help with prison reform. Uh, you know, our current president wrote the worst crime bill in history, 1991. And that there, if you look at the charts of what happened when he wrote that bill, first of all, he bribed all the states to increase their sentencing guidelines to make it 85%. Now, look at it. If I'm going to come and I'm going to give you $500 million, you're going to take it and do what they, what, and that's what they did. Oh, now bribery Joe Biden did. Wow. And they did it. And then private prisons grew up. If you look at the chart, 1991-92, all right, there's a red line. It goes up like a rocket ship. That was the incarceration of the black people. Then there was a yellow line and that was it went up just a little, but that was the white people. And, you know, in the United States, we are the 5% of the world's population, but yet we house 25% of the world's inmates. <coughs> Why? Wow. Okay, so and every day, there's more laws. Everything. You know, I counted. I went to visit my son from here to where my son lives in West Hollywood. There were 13 different laws that I could have broken if I would have gotten caught. I mean, with traffic laws and different parking laws. Right, you know, right. I mean, no matter what you do, they got a law for it. I mean, yep. in Missouri, you know, you smoke on, you spit on a sidewalk. That's a law. <laughs> I mean... Come on, don't they have better things to do there? <laughs> no. I, you know, they start adhere to the laws. They pass them and they don't nothing happens to them. I think I think, you know, these uh, a lot of these um people, whether it's on a, a local level or it's a, a national level, um, they 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 I call it busy work. They just they just pass crazy things that just because they want to justify their position in life. Maybe I, I don't know. Doesn't make I, sense. I did five years. I ended up pleading guilty to a 924 C gun charge. Wow. Okay. That's a five year minimum mandatory sentence. When my judge sentenced me in Brooklyn, he said, Mr. Spado on the robbery charge, 
I'm sentencing you to 60 days. I was shocked. That was supposed to be 37 months. Right. But then he went on. He said, Mr. Spado, on the 924C gun charge, my hands are tied by Congress. He went just like that. My hands are tied by Congress. That's a minimum mandatory sentence of 60 months. So the sentence was 62 months. Thank you, Joe Biden, for that. And wow. Now, what happened? What happened now? two years ago? The U.S. Supreme Court said that the 924C charge is illegal and unconstitutional and should be vacated from everybody's records. I already did my time. They can't give me that five years back. Right. Okay. And you know what? That was signed by Bill Clinton, but he claims <laughs> that he did not know that minimum mandatory sentence was in that bill. He said years later, he would have never signed it if he knew that was in there. And see, that's an example of how Congress slips in things into other bills, and even the president and his people don't even know about it. And there's currently a bill on the Congress floor, H.R. 2668. I became a major advocate of this bill. The U.S. Supreme Court voted nine to zero that it's illegal and unconstitutional. But yet, our 117th Congress under Nancy Pelosi has submitted a bill to try to give the FTC those same rights back. It's crazy. Why? Okay. They have a friend of mine, Mr. Jay Nolan, former professional baseball player. He's like my brother. All right. A disgruntled employee started a thing with the FTC. They went in, closed them up, froze all his assets. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's out of work. He's fighting this case. I think eventually we're going to win it. But yet they got all his money tied up. This guy can't. This guy can't open a bank account. He can't even use. Yeah. He can't. He's not even allowed to use his own fishing boat. Like they don't fishing boat. He's. He wouldn't even allow him in to go get his son's fishing pole. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. What is that? Is that? Is that because he's a black guy? I don't know. Yeah. And, but yet. The FTC has collected over $16 billion in the last two years, of which only 1% went back to pay consumers. Where's that $15 billion? Yep. It's crazy. All right. But if Nancy Pelosi did it, oh, a little slap on the hand. Sorry. Yeah. Martha yeah. Stewart went to prison. For what she did. But Nancy Pelosi and the other people, nothing happens to them for stock manipulation. It's crazy. Insider trading. So, you know, I become a big advocate. And I think somewhere in my background and my subconscious mind, it was meant to be. And if you read my book, The Accidental Gangster, 
okay, you will see that the last letter in there is to the U.S. House of Representatives. <laughs> so this is something that's been on my mind. Yeah. But now this become forefront in my mind. And this is the first thing, and I'm really fighting with this. I've been on the phone calling Congressman's office, Commissioner McConnell's office, because this bill's got to be stopped. I'm responsible for over 2,000 uh, letters and emails being written uh, in opposition to this. So anybody out there, I need your help. I would really appreciate it if you contact your representative, particularly in the Republican Party, because we need them. We only need a few Democrats, okay, to overturn this and stop them in their tracks. Yeah. Folks, if you want to be free in this country, then by all means, write them now. It's, it's, I mean, it's, a, and they're trying to push that through big time. And I yeah. think you can go to um, stop, stop um, housebill2668.com, right? Then yeah, stop HR bill 2668. Or you can go to my Instagram, my Facebook, or LinkedIn, or Twitter. <laughs> I posted it up there. It's very simple. Go up, hit the button. And bring you right to your House of Representatives or whatever. But I yeah. strongly urge, let's forget about writing your local representative. Let's write directly to Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And there's another thing. There's a Judge Lanza out of Arizona. Now, Judge Lanza, when the FTC went with him, went to him, he said, I do not see anything here. I don't see any evidence that I should put a restraining order on this company. Yeah. He saw no reason, but yet somehow the FTC convinced them. And then, ironically, the receiver in the case, her and the judge have been close friends. And they're really raking, taking the money out of the company and bringing it right through the coast. That's not Uh-oh. Hold it. Are, are you back? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So, the judge and the receiver that he put in, but that's going to be changed. We had a Zoom call yesterday. Things are looking positive with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, now, I'm going to have another conversation with Jay's lawyer today. Yeah. And, you know, this has become a thing that from morning to night, I'm working on this. Well, let's let's go back to your life story. Life <laughs> I know story it's your current life. To this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, you know, look, man, I know that you became you became known as the um, Hollywood fixer. The the Hollywood the Hollywood boss or 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 what what was the term? Uh, <laughs> uh, the mob boss of Hollywood and the Hollywood fixer. Yeah. Uh, so how in the so 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 here you are in you started your insurance career in um in New York, 
and and um <laughs> i i just lo- i love i love the what you're just firing up a cigarette i, lo- I love that <laughs> so funny so 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 but you start your your career in insurance in in new york um and were you in the city at that point or were you still in upstate i was upstate but i maintained a suite at the warwick hotel all right for over 35 years Wow. 54 to 6. Wow. Wow. I met Meyer Lasky because he used to have the suite above me. Wow. Yeah. And you were, was it Prudential? You were with Prudential? No, that's when I had my own agency. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, uh, how did you end up going from New York to Hollywood? It's always been, you know, since there was, if you grew up in upstate New York, you were lucky to see the sun one month out of the year. Yeah, right. You yeah. Know? I'm in Ohio. I get it. Dreary weather and, you know, and when I was stationed in the Army, I was stationed in Hawaii. And I know I did not want the East Coast again. Uh, however, I stayed there for a long time. And... Uh, but I love it out here. And when I moved here over 40 years ago, it was totally different than it is now. It was yeah. a great place. Great place to live in. Um, we didn't have all these laws. All that began to change after Bill Clinton. And we became a blue state here in California. People don't realize that. We used to be a red state. Let me tell you what the laws are right now in Beverly Hills. It's illegal for me to smoke this cigarette right here in my own home. <laughs> are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, my dead God. Serious. My manager nuts on my door. I smell smoke. I said, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pay my rent. But yet, wow. these sick and right. They, you cannot buy any tobacco products in Beverly Hills. Wow. None. One store alone, the Rite Aid drugstore, they used to pay the city of Beverly Hills $600,000 a year in taxes on, on, on tobacco products. Now they can't sell nothing. Wow. In the state of California, marijuana is legal, except in Beverly Hills, California. Wow. And they, and they wonder why the tourists don't want to come here anymore. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, and, and Reagan, Reagan had it right when he said, you know, government isn't the answer to your problems. Government is the problem, you know, and right. it, it, I, I, but we could go down a deep. So you, you ended up, you ended up, um, what you vi- you 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 visited Bever or you visited Los Angeles when you were in New York and you're like, man, I got to move here. Yeah, the first time I moved there was 1971 with my wife and my daughter. Wow. And uh, and that's where I got to know Dino De Laurentiis, Ralph Surfing. and their offices used to be on Cannon Drive, and I was hanging around one day doing nothing, and. They were talking about a problem they were having with an actor that was causing the film to go over budget 
because of all the problems they were at, he was given the director. And they were pulling their hair out. And I don't know, I just said, I'll go handle it. They said, oh, I said, I'll handle it, don't worry. And I went over to where they were filming on the set. I got a hold of the actor, I brought him into his trailer, sat him down. I had a nice talk with him. I convinced what he was doing was wrong. And that he's the actor and the other guy's the director. I said, you do the acting, he does the directing. He understood me. I remedied the situation. And then word went out from that to agents, lawyers, studios, and so forth. And uh, I had a lot of problems here in Hollywood. Uh, wow. All kinds of problems. From marital, you can't believe what the things were. I mean, you know, for me, you know, I believe I can get more done with my brain than I can with a gun. Yeah. And, but yet I got a gun charge. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. So, so you, um, you were there, boy, 71, that would have been, uh, those were the good old days probably back, back in. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe how great it was. 71 and right up until the 80s. Mid eighties, it was this was a great place to be. Yeah. I mean, hey, look at I was younger, a lot of women, I had a lot of fun, I did a lot of things, I made a lot of money. Yeah. And you know, I was traveling back and forth. I was in Florida, Vegas, New York, I mean Chicago. I've been all over the country, London, I'm I'm very well known in London. And uh, wow! And I like to announce that currently there is a great screenplay that was written about me. Uh, the first. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. It came back. Yeah. He came back. Yeah. People first... are calling you, aren't they? Huh? They're calling you, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> They call it the so, wrong time. I wish so, there was something on the phone. Do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with the and hey, it's miraculous. It's working because normally when you get a phone call in here, it cuts it out and you have to leave and come back. Well, see, this is an Apple phone, so yeah, get a Mac like you said. It'll it'll change your life, man. It's there's a little bit of a learning curve. It's it operates a little bit different, but not too bad. So 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 you know so in Hollywood, when somebody was having a problem, somebody else might say, "Hey, I got a guy," and you were that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I a got lot a of guy that can handle it. To me, as the real Ray Donovan. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. And you know what's really funny? Uh what's that young actor's name uh plays with uh he's in the Ray Donovan show. He plays John Boyd's son. Oh uh, man, his name just slipped my head. I know well. Uh I casted a film with Jack Gilardi, uh famed uh, legendary agent in ICM uh, for wow. a young guy. And uh, we had him in the film. We had a 
a dinner at Boa up on Sunset Boulevard with a cast. And he came in from Connecticut. The first person he asked for was me. And uh, he asked for me. And he said all his friends in Connecticut said, come to see Ori. I'll give him all his respect. And anyways, I introduced him to the director. He's sitting down. Man, why is my name going blank with his name? And then I looked at him. I said, hey, I'm a little upset with you guys, with <laughs> Ray Donovan. And he said, why? Why, sir? I said, because you guys actually did some scenes. You glamorized it for TV that I actually did. Oh, sir, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, I'm upset that they didn't call me and pay me to be a consultant on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, I run into John Boyd two, three times a week over here on Beverly Drive. <laughs> wow. So you know John? Yeah. Wow. Did you ever did you ever meet um Frank Sinatra? Yes, several times. Did you really? Yeah. Frank was a great guy. Yeah. We got along well. Uh, I met him down in Palm Springs the first time on an occasion. <coughs> and then Frank, <coughs> he gave the money to Maddie Mateo to open the restaurant on Westwood Boulevard. Wow. Owned half of it. Never took nothing. All right. And it became a very successful business. And it was the place to go on Sunday night. Frank actually one day just said, Maddie, this is all yours. And gave him all the stuff. They grew up together in Hoboken. How about how about uh, Dean? Dean, I used to be Dean and La Familia. Yes, a lot of lot of, you know. I actually got I never got involved in take in pictures, but my son was a young kid. <clears throat> where I mean, then he got pictures with Dean Martin. Wow. Uh, Dean was a great guy. It's too bad what happened to his son that really destroyed him. Uh, Milton Burrow, I was at his home down in Newport Beach uh, for Gee. a Christmas party. Uh, <coughs> I can go on and on. I met a lot of them. I dated a lot of actresses uh, wow. that people are well known with. And uh, yeah, Hollywood was really something in those days. Uh, it's a great place. I got people that tell me they want me to run for Congress. Would you believe that? Yeah. And guess what I tell them? <laughs> I said, well, you know, it's not a bad idea, but do I really have to go to Washington in the wintertime? <laughs> so we'll see. Hey, somebody wants to know if you ever met Jimmy Hoffa. Never. Never. That's My father did. <clears throat> wow. Wow. No, that's cool. My wife's on here. She said she always wanted to go to Palm Springs just to be where those guys were. She loves, she, she does love that era. She loves the Rat Pack. And she says the best movie era, 1935 to 1955. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, 
my dear friend out here, you got to understand my life. Here I am in New York with the underboss of the Colombo crime family, Sonny Frances. I'm like friends for over 40 years until his death. Okay, we were talking days before he passed away. Wow. And then out here in California, my best friend was Jimmy Kachi, who was the boss of Palm Springs. Wow. And the underboss of Los Angeles. And you can't believe, I mean, I'd be with Sonny, you're with me, fuck Jimmy Kachi. I can't say that. <laughs> And Jimmy Kachi freak him. You're with me out here. You live here. Oh, I mean, it was it was crazy when I went out with those two guys. Eventually, uh, Jimmy's brother, Bobby, went by the name Bobby Milano. Maybe you heard of him. He was a great singer. His real name was Charlie Kachi. He was married to uh, Keely Smith. Keely Smith. And, uh, so she was performing in New York at the, uh, at the Park Lane Feinstein's. So I brought Jimmy back, invited Sonny, and I introduced the two of them. And that's how they met. <laughs> wow. So didn't you ever, I mean, so you're, you're running around with, I mean, these are some very well-known, um, I mean, it is what it is, man, right? They're, 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 they're mobsters, <laughs> right? I mean, did, you, uh, Ken, best guys in the world. Uh, did you not person. have any fear of like, wow, what if I screw up or do something wrong or, you know, piss somebody off? And was there no, no fear? Nothing. No, no. Look, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? I you asked Jimmy Hoffa. We're going to die anyway. <laughs> We're going to die someday. You know, people don't realize our most important asset is time. If you live your life, no matter what it is, you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, you have no problems. I never got involved in anybody's problem unless I was asked to remedy the problem. Okay? <laughs> as far as, you know, I, uh, you know, Sonny used to tell me, hey, you got to tell me everything. If that guy's doing something, you got to tell me. I go, yeah, sure, Sonny. <laughs> I would never tell him. Because if I went to Sonny and said something about Ken, that makes me a rat. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, you got to know the politics of it, too. There's politics in that, too. Yeah, don't be telling Sonny anything about me. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I don't need that. So, so, so now I, and I get that. I get that. And, and that's, um, I mean, dude, that's, that's old school as well. I mean, you know, people don't, I, I don't want to say everybody, but, but there's, um, there's a lack of, of integrity, I think surging through the veins of our country. And, and it sounds like you held yourself to a very high standard. I do. I do. And, you know, I hope to try to instill that in others. I try to motivate people. All right. Uh, I've had several businesses uh, besides the insurance business uh, that I brought to million dollar companies, uh, particularly in the sales organization. 
I'm very extremely good at hiring and motivating salespeople to make money. Yeah. Uh, I never had a job. I never had a salary. I would never take a salary. I would never pay a salary for a sale because you can make more money on a commission basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm with you. Same. I'm the same exact way. So, so, and I can't stand, I love, I love salespeople are like, Hey, does this job come with a base salary? Like, what the heck? Get the, get, get out of here with that. People ask me for that. I go, there's the door. Lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's your base. It's right there. So, so you wrote this book and if you would hold that up so everybody can see it, I'm going to give you full screen again. So you wrote this book and it's called The Accidental Gangster. From insurance salesman to Hollywood fixer. So 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 Ori, how do you become an accidental gangster? I mean, there's got to be some thought that goes into I'm going to be a gangster. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I'm not one of those guys that were brought up in Brooklyn, their father was in it and all that there. All right. And, yeah. you know, I mentioned names that were all bosses that I had met. Okay. And that's another reason why I never became a made man. I never wanted my button. I turned it down twice. Okay. Yeah. Once in New York, once here in California. And thank God I never took it. But, uh, And are, are, are you, you're Italian? I was in prison. I'm an avid reader. Yeah. I am to this day. I read over 300 books in prison. And when I would walk the yard, hey, you got nothing but time, you're thinking. And I thought if I ever wrote a book, I'd call it The Accidental Gangster. It was an accident. I don't know. But you know what? Truly, it was not. Okay? And I tell everybody this, and I want to tell your viewers this. It was my destiny, okay? I feel it was laid out for me. I lived it. I own it. I take full responsibility for everything that I have done, good, bad, and the ugly, all right? Nobody owns it. I do it. I'm the one responsible. And I feel all this here is led up to what I'm doing today where, you know, I'm concerned. I'm now uh, Los Angeles Tribune calls me from gangster to humanitarian. Wow. I'm doing things. I'm working. Actually, I think tomorrow night I got a uh, virtual uh, uh, thing on uh, casino night where people could play poker with me. It's for uh, Feed the Hungry, uh, Food Finders out of Long Beach, California. They've been there for over 30 years, so I'm happy to be a voice for them. Uh, I believe in helping the underdog, and we have a lot of underdogs and things happening in this country. I'm working with prison reform groups. Uh, you know, like I mentioned before, Joe Biden wrote the worst crime bill. I haven't heard him say one peak about how he's going to change anything he did. And thus far, the only person that has done a little bit to change that was Donald Trump. So you know, we need to go a lot more further 
in the reform of, because we got the highest recidivism in this country, they don't want people to come out of prison and be good people. They want you to violate to go back because you're only a dollar sign to them. And it's unlike any other country. And we're supposed to be, everybody says land of the free. I don't. I say we are the home of the brave. But we are not free like they say we are. Okay. Yeah. We got to get that freedom back. And I feel that all of us together, if everybody reached out, joined hands, we united together, we can change this world, change this country, to be a better place for everybody. Amen. I agree with you. I agree. So, so what, when, first off, when did the book come out? How long ago? This current book came out last November. Okay. All right. Been out since November. Uh, came out during the COVID. And we're currently just now getting in. It'll be in book, bookstores, Barnes & Noble, another place. The COVID put everything behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but people could purchase it off of my website. If they yep. purchase my book off my website, the, the accidentalgangster.com. Yeah. Okay. I will give them, I will autograph it free, and I also give them a free audio book. Somebody wants to know what kind of cigarettes you smoke. I smoke Winston, 100 gold. <laughs> <laughs> I used to smoke Marlboro. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. so I, and by the way, I don't know if you see it or not. I've got your website scrolling across the bottom there. So, okay, so good. everybody can go over and, and my wife just typed it in the accidental gangster.com. Looks like her phone auto corrected that though. So it's the accidental gangster.com all one, one word there. But um, so, so Ori, what, so you, what made you decide to write a book though? What, I mean, and, and what all is in the book? Well, here's how it happened. When I, upon my release, I happen to be represented by the most prestigious entertainment law firm in Hollywood. And here I am. I'm not an actor. I'm not a producer. I'm not a director. Okay. But they represent Ori Spadel. So you have to go figure that one out. Okay. <laughs> but I've been around this town for a long time. Yeah. And upon my release of prison, people were coming to me, wanted to do a reality show this and that, and I had dinner with uh, my attorney at the Four Seasons Hotel, and I don't know why I'm telling I said, these people want me to do this, and, you know, I know the people in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, I know who's who and who's not, you know, and, you know, I'm not too much into the BS of things. And he looked at me, he says, Ori, you got to write a book. I know your story. You write a book, we'll get a movie made. I said, George, they never wrote a book. He said, find a co-writer. Well, all the writers I know in Hollywood are script writers. Writing a script and writing a book are two different things. Sure. But I was under very strict supervised release instructions to the point that, hey, I didn't even want to leave my house because I thought they'd be wow. out to my door to violate me, you know? So... <laughs> 
I, I thought about it. I said, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I just sat down at the computer and started banging it out. Yeah. And thus, we have the book, The Accidental Gangster. And, so what, uh, what, what's, what's somebody going to learn from the book? Well, they're going to learn, more importantly, all right, A number one. Uh, in my book, I say, if I can help one young man from getting involved in a life of crime, then it was well worth writing my book. I've helped several, even people as far away as Ireland. Okay. Wow. So, you know, I've been mentoring some guys and, you know, they write me now how good they're doing and so forth. So those are the positive things of it. Yeah. The other thing is I'm very big into Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and grow rich. Yeah. I taught it to my children, all the sayings, what the mind can't conceive and believe you can't achieve, persistent yeah. work. So there's a lot of information to help people get in the right mindset to be successful. And they could learn, you know, from the businesses that I've had and, you know, and the failures that I had. Okay. So it's a really good, it should be a motivational book. It's more design after that there than really a gangster. There's gangster stuff in there for those who want to know. Okay, my affiliation and how I know the different people that I mentioned earlier. And there's so much more that's not even in the book. Yeah. That will be coming out in the film that's in the current process of being developed. And at 11 o'clock, I got a Zoom call with the fame uh, director, writer, George Gell, uh, David Steinhock, and my son. All right. Uh, we got the first draft. It's really a great, great. For a first draft, it's excellent. Wow. And, uh, so now Nick Pelleggi is in the process of reading it as well. And uh, it's really good. And this, this writer, he did the right thing. He spent countless of hours with me. And so he was able to extract from me things that are not in the book. Okay. Uh, yeah, he did a great job. So what's, what's the, um, what's, what's the, what's the, um, was there anything in, in, in this journey with with these these folks that you were friends with, was there anything that that stopped you in your tracks that made you go, "Wow"? There there had to be there had to be things that you were like, like that just happened, good or bad. You know, look at you know I'm blessed that Jimmy Kachi was my friend out here. We made a lot of money together, Jimmy and I. On the East Coast of Sonny Frank Chase. And thank God I was not living in New York. Because when I wasn't, I went back to New York about once a month and I always, you know, had a suite at the Warwick Hotel, like I said. And Sonny would always stay with me. All right. And I, you'd spend a week with Sonny. And if you only went to 15 restaurants in a day, that was a light day. 
All right. If you only had 15 meetings, that was a late day for Saudi. Wow. Okay. This guy could move. Trust me. And so I met a lot of people. Most, I can't even remember their names. A lot of people remember me. I could call, they remember me. Yeah, I go, yeah, I really don't. Okay? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a fast life. You live a fast life. Uh, in my opinion, these guys that I knew, okay, we're, we're basically, we're good guys. We got good hearts. And, you know, we help other people out. We're always for the underdog. And so we've done a lot of great things that people don't know about. And, you know, we make a score and it's the widow down the street, uh, raising children, can't pay her rent, food. We're there and we don't ask for nothing back. Right. Okay, right. People don't know those kind of things. Uh, they know what Hollywood has glamorized us to be. Okay, yeah. but you know, they don't know that when it was first organized back in Italy and Sicily, all right, in the 1800s, okay, it was when Sicily was invaded and taken over by the French, and the French were, you know, on Sunday afternoon, they were raping the women who were, you know, walking in the park with strollers with their kids. And then the guys got together and said, we have to do something and take care of our own. So thus the mafia was born and it's shot right through Italy and you know, it's around the world now. Yeah. But that was always the whole crux of it, that we take care of our own. Now, yeah. we never went outside of our boundaries. You know what I mean? We, yeah. if there were killings, we never went outside. And contrary to what people think, we're not contract killers. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. People think, oh right. yeah, you didn't go to a mafia guy and pay him money, and because no. Okay. <laughs> you do it for nothing when you're told. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of things, but you know, getting arrested. I knew the day would come that I'd probably be arrested. Not for what they did arrest me for but maybe perhaps for other things. Yeah. I never dreamed I would be on a RICO environment out in New York because of the fact that I'm living out here in California. Okay. I thought that yeah. would separate me enough, but obviously it did not. 1997, an FBI agent, when they tried to get me to become an informant for them, and I refused, he said, I will see the day you are chained shackled, put on Con Air, and brought to Brooklyn. 1997, I laughed at him. 2008, he made it a reality. Wow. Made it a reality, 11 years. So if anybody thinks, hey, I'm gonna get away with stuff, not today, world, my friend, okay? They got all the money in the world. They got all the time in the world, and they got the best equipment in the world, okay? I seen pictures when I was fighting my case in Brooklyn, my journey from the discovery. I mean, they had pictures of me coming out of Lowry. I was all dressed up. I said, holy shit. They were great pictures, I got to tell you. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously, they were. 
okay? And the information is stuck <laughs> ahead on me. I mean, Christ, okay? So you can't do and you know where they don't wire a guy up like you see on TV and put a wire. No, it's right inside a guy's watch or to yeah. be in his eye. You don't know where it's going to be. Okay. And you're never going to find it. And today people from New York call me. There are so many informants on the streets right now back there and Betts and Hearst, Red Hook and so forth. They're recording each other. That's how many wow. informants there are. And wow. people are informing today, and they're living right in the neighborhood like it was nothing. They go, you know, they don't move. They, they're not going on the WITSEC program like they used to. Wow. So it's a whole different world. Yeah. What do you, let, let me ask you this. I always ask this question. What do you think, in, in your opinion, now the number one answer to this question is fear. So, so you have to do better, <laughs> but, but what do you think holds people back in life from experiencing real financial success and happiness, like real happiness, freedom? Okay. Well, that's a very good question, Ken. Okay. To achieve real financial success, you got to have the proper mindset. You got to take action. You got to hustle. You got to hustle every day. You got to remember something. If you want real financial success, it's got to be on something that you're building or doing yourself. And there's going to be a sacrifice. That's the biggest element of it that most people are afraid. They're afraid to sacrifice. You might have to go on the road. You're going to be away from your wife and children for a couple of days. A lot of people do not want to sacrifice that. There's different sacrifices. When I started my insurance agency on my own, I began in the cellar of my home with a little desk right next to a washer and dryer. And I had my floor that I had was repossessed. I had to take my wife's old 1965 Chevrolet and I would drive city to city back in New York. And I would park my car two blocks away from the new car dealers that I'm trying to go sell them my program. So they wouldn't see the car I was driving. So you got to act successful. Yeah. Success attracts success. Yep. Yep. I hope mindset. Huh? It's mindset. It's mindset. Everything begins here. You and, know, and, talk and, about computers. All right. Yeah. Your brain will hold more than any computer they make today. Amen. More information. And I, I think, you know, you, you bring up a, a really good point because the movie, I think in 2007 or six or somewhere, that movie, The Secret came out and 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 it's you know the about the law of attraction it all starts with our thoughts and but you know uh, something they didn't i i feel like they didn't spend enough time on is is the work ethic that that goes behind that like you've got to work you said it you have to hustle every single day you have to hustle you have to bust your ass out here to make make something happen that's right 
you know, there was a time and, you know, when COVID and all this stuff hit and the suicide rates went skyrocketed through the, through the roof. And, and there was a time when, when, you know, my wife and I opened up our very first office and, um, had a handful of employees and they were all getting paid. Um, and I, an employee, big guy worked for me, comes walking in my office. He says, Hey boss, there's a, there's a guy out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your car, your SUV. I said, dude, you're bigger than I am. Tell him to get the hell out of here. He goes, well, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. <laughs> I was like, uh, you ever try to talk the repo man out of taking your car? It's, it's a humiliating experience. And, and, you know, I can remember though, in that moment, Ori, I remember thinking life sucks. It's not ever going to get any better. I, I, how could I go any lower than this? This is horrible. And, and, you know, there are a lot of people, man, that, that, that get to that place and they take their lives or they, you know, they, they feel stuck. Like they can't, it's never going to get any better. What do you say to somebody that may be watching or listening to this that they're going through that right now? Maybe their car just got repoed. The electric's getting shut off tomorrow. That you know everything's hitting the fan and they don't know which way is up. What do you say to them? I say you better first of all sit down. All right, take a breather. Change your mindset. You got to be grateful for what you have. Don't think about what you don't have. Be grateful. You know, my son taught me this when I got out of prison. He said, Pops, you got us kids, you got your grandkids. Be grateful for those things. Because I thought when I got out of prison, everybody's going to be coming and bringing me big envelopes full of cash. It didn't happen. Yeah. Okay? I was a little bit better. All right. I wanted to get back out. Okay. I didn't do it. Everything's in here, folks. And, you know, you what the mind can't conceive, conceive and believe, you can't achieve. But you got to get it in your head. And you got to do something that you love doing. And, you know, different people love different things. Some people love digging holes. All right. And other people love selling. Okay. And don't make a difference what it is you do. But if you love what you're doing, you're going to be successful. And you have to find that there. In today's world, people take jobs only because of the fact that take the job. Yeah. They'll make $8, $10, $15 an hour. I don't know what the wages are today. Okay. And they get stuck in a, and they're just stuck there and they end up there for life. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, you know, a lot of people think that way, but not everybody is going to become a success either. Yeah. Because people are afraid to take their first move. And you got to realize with success is going to come failures. But for every failure you have, the closer you are to success. Yeah. I hope that helps. It's incredible, man. It's incredible. And another thing is read books, read books. that will change your life. Like start with the accidental gangster. 
and go to the accidental gangster.com and, and, and get a copy of the book or he's going to sign it for you. And, and you get a free audio or do you read the audio version? Is it you? No, unfortunately it is not me at this time. Gotcha. Uh, I, I, I would have taken me too long to do it. Yeah. To be in the studio and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. You know, I'm 76 years old. All right. At 5 a.m. this morning, I was on the phone with the director who just finished reading the script. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, I will work until at least 10 p.m. this evening. And I'm 76 years old. Okay. It's amazing. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing making phone calls, writing letters, uh, uh, getting in touch with people that I know to get me in touch with other people. All right, to get me on the floor of the Congress along with our lawyer, Mr. Nolan, all right, because there's going to be an FTC uh, hearing with the Congress. And yeah. we want to be there. We want to voice our opinion. All right, you, we cannot let this thing happen. We cannot allow Nancy Pelosi. And what I'm afraid of here, Ken, okay, I'm afraid that with this infrastructure bill, that might get passed because it's a huge bill. And you know, people don't understand. They, all people see is infrastructure. They turn out to oh yeah, they're gonna build bridges, make highways better, all right? They're gonna do all these good things. No, folks, all right? If that was the only case, if it was dedicated to only the infrastructure, that bill would have been passed by both parties by now. Okay, no question. Yeah. Okay. The reason it takes so long and these bills is because of all the lard or pork or fat, whatever you want to call it, that they insert in these bills. Yep. Okay. Every congressman, every senator wants a little something. Okay. And everything involves more money. And you got to follow that money to see who it's really going to. Because if you think these people are taking jobs in the represent you in the U.S. House of Representatives for that $170,000, which is more money than most people make. But yeah. if you think they're taking it just for that, okay, you got another guest coming because that's penis compared to what they walk out of office with. Yep. These so, people, these, these, some, these politicians, a lot of them go in making $170,000 a year and four or 10 years later, they come out multimillionaires. Correct. How is that? How is that? Well, people, people don't realize, they don't understand. People don't read. Okay. When I moved to California in 1971. You there? 1971. California was one of the top states on education in the country. Yeah. Today, we're close to the bottom. And that's the problem. All right? Our kids are not getting educated. People are not reading. Okay? Yes. People are listening to news. Okay? And that news is designed to create negativity in yep. your mind to get you to think off the track of what they're really doing. Yeah. Okay.
Yep. There you go. Yeah. So somebody's really trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> that Jody Bear, my my, you know Jody Bear. Uh, I know Jody well. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Jody's yeah. awesome. You're right, man. I agree with you. And and Ori, I think um, you are a fantastic human being, man. You're you're a good dude, and I'm very very grateful that you you came on and invested the time with us. And I didn't say it earlier, but thank you for your service to to this country as well. Thank when, you. You know, my pleasure. You're a good man. Everybody needs to go to theaccidentalgangster.com. I'm probably going to be able to convince Ori to to jump on an Amazon live with me as well. We'll we'll sell sell your book on Amazon. So, um, okay. I, I, one time, guy trying to get a hold of me here. There you go. There you go. You're back. It, it cuts your audio out for a few seconds. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so Ori, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Don't hang up on me, but I am going to end the live stream. I'd like to chat with you for a minute. Yeah, and um, I'd like to do that Amazon with you, yes. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely do that. So um, thank you so much. Thank you for, for everything that you're doing to help the world and, and, and for the time you invested with everybody here this morning. So everybody, make sure you go follow Ori Spado on, on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow him everywhere. And go pick up a copy of his book and 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 read it. I'm I'm excited to get a copy myself. So Ori, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Ken. And you guys, if you haven't shared this out, share this out to your Facebook pages and <clears throat> excuse me, everywhere else. So thank you so much. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Ori, thank you. Thank you.